have you ever experienced a place that makes you so uncomfortable that you avoid it at all costs, but at the same time it draws you into it? There's this forest in my hometown that my parents used to take me camping in as a kid. I loved camping for the most part. When we camped out by this little beach or over in Tennessee, it was fun, but as far as I can remember, anytime we went to camp in this forest, it was dreadful. I remember as a kid being really scared and nervous when we were there, and my parents just tried to assure me that it was because the trees were really tall. They weren't wrong about the trees, though. I don't know what kind of trees they were, but they were extremely tall and thin with even thinner branches that all curved straight upward. Because the trees were so slim, though, there were a lot more of them, and looking straight up, it seemed to be overwhelming. Again, as a kid, I just believed this, because my parents were adults and smart, right? So that must have been the truth. I tried to reason with myself, but it would never go away. I always felt like they were watching me, or targeting me, and if I wasn't looking at them, they would engulf me, or something like that. I know, I sound crazy or just very imaginative for a child, but I really felt like I was in danger. Obviously, I didn't have fun when we went here. I hardly slept, I worried I would be taken, I was afraid to go swimming in the nearby stream or river or whatever it was. I would fish with my dad, that way I was near someone, in case I was drawn into the water or something, but I wouldn't ever do anything alone. Then, as I got older, I expected this irrational fear to fade, but it got worse. I started getting physically ill or dizzy while I was up there. I remember one time I helped my dad set up our tents and then went in and tried to sleep, but I kept feeling like I was being rocked, like what I would imagine it would feel like as an infant. To make it worse, it would fade about an hour after we left, so my parents would think that I was faking it. It pretty much ruined camping for me, because that was typically where we camped, so I would try to suggest another place or I would end up faking feeling ill for a day or two before, just to try to get out of it. Sometimes it worked, and I would be left at my grandparents' house, but not every time. Thankfully, I got older and was no longer required to go on these miserable attempts of family time. My parents split up, though they were never actually married, and I lived with my mom, but was never required to go over to my dad's. So, if he went camping, and I was going to be there, I was typically busy that weekend. Many years later, I'm an adult, living on my own, and I just recently moved back in with my mom. I started getting into a few subreddits about paranormal and unexplained events, and it made me think of this forest. I started talking to people about it, and one of the most common questions I got was if I had gone back as an adult, 
And of course, at first, I thought, well, hell no. But then again, I was trying to be reasonable and tell myself that it had to just be a fear. A lot of people wanted me to return with a camera to see if I could catch anything on film. I didn't have anything going on as I was between jobs, which is why I actually moved back home, so why not go and see if I really was a paranoid kid or if I'm about to go viral? So, I headed out with probably too many safety items, including a radio, my phone, a battery bank, a first aid kit, a pocket knife, and other things that I don't remember as well as my crappy old GoPro that I got cheap from a yard sale. I strapped it to my head so I could get everything that I was seeing, too. The battery was supposed to last about eight hours, and I wasn't planning on being there for more than an hour, so I figured I would be set. I pulled into the parking lot and texted my mom and a friend to let them know where I was, in case I didn't come home, and I headed in. As I got maybe a foot or two in, the sinking feeling immediately hit me. It felt like you just ran into something that you didn't like for the first time in years, and you knew that it wasn't going to end well. I took a deep breath, and I continued in. I checked my phone and noticed that it was around noon at the time. Then... The feeling started to get worse. The air seemed thick and heavy, but it didn't feel like it was humid, beside the fact that the humidity had been low that day. Then, that feeling of being watched came back. I looked all around, and I saw no one or nothing that could possibly have been watching me. I even called out if someone was nearby, and there was no answer. In fact... It was dead silent. There wasn't even a crunching of leaves or sticks on the ground, that slight swaying of trees, or even the sounds of squirrels. Stupidly, I continued in, though, to find the area we always camped at. I remembered and studied the path to make sure that I knew how to get out, in case anything happened to me or my parents, but when I got there... The only trace left was the rocky area leading down to the water where we used to fish. It seemed like there were even new trees that were growing where we would set up our tents. As I started explaining this to the camera, I started getting disoriented, and I mentioned this. That's when the overwhelming sense of dread came. I still heard nothing. I saw nothing other than the trees, but... It seemed to fall even more silent. I couldn't even hear the water rushing nearby. I didn't want to pass out in here never knowing what could happen to me, so I started making my way out. As I started walking back, I looked at my phone and noticed that it was about 12.40. Knowing that it took me about 30 minutes to walk back as I looked around, I expected to be back out at 1.30 at the latest. Knowing that I was walking faster, I kind of expected to be out sooner. However, as I started walking back, I again started to feel like something was watching or following me. Then, the feeling grew even worse, 
and I finally broke into a sprint to get out of there. After what felt like forever, I made it back to the entrance, ran past the older couple that was taking pictures, and I hopped into my car, locking the door. As I sat there, trying to compose myself, I noticed that the sky was a pink and orange color and that the sun was setting. I thought this wasn't possible since it would have only have been around 2pm when I pulled out my phone and noticed it was nearly 6. I had lost 6 hours, and that's when I noticed I had several missed calls and texts from both my mom and my friend. My friend knew how I felt about these woods, so they tried to make sure that I was alright. I know that I didn't get the best reception there, but I had missed text in between 1 to 6 p.m. since I had been out. I turned on my car, and the clock on it also confirmed that it was around 6. I still have no explanation as to how I lost so much time. To add to my fears of this place, I went home, passed out, and I checked the footage the next day. To my surprise or rather my confusion, the battery was dead, and there was only about two or three hours of footage on it. It all started as I remembered it, walking to the camp area, talking to myself. I walked up to the water, and then as I was talking about where we camped, the video seemed to cut in and out, and then it was just horrible static with a bad grainy video of these trees. It was like that for most of the video, until it came back to me talking about leaving and running back. How could there be so much time of just trees, but then cut right back to the video like there was no time missed? It was like this footage was added to it almost. So I have the video showing I was there for two to three hours, but according to my phone and car, I was in there for nearly six I showed my friend, and they thought it was creepy as well, but now, several years later, I honestly can't find where I kept or saved the footage, and that GoPro was stolen, so unfortunately, all I have are these unwanted memories of this place. I still don't know what to make of it, and if anyone has any ideas, I am more than willing to listen. I don't know if there's some kind of spirit there, or if it truly is those trees, but I think I got lucky on that last visit, and therefore, no matter what, I will never be going back. A little bit of background about myself. I've worked my entire adult life in the Pacific Northwest woods, over 15 years in total with about 7 years of that being for the park service at Olympic National Park. Many, many experiences over the years could warrant the title of creepy. This one in particular has always stuck with me. While working for the park service, one of my jobs was that of a restoration carpenter. We would travel to old backcountry historical cabins, emergency shelters, 
homesteads and chalets tasked with repairing and restoring them to their original historic accurate states. This was a wonderful and demanding job. I'd spend eight days at a time living off the beaten path, usually deep in the backcountry. Sometimes we'd be flown in supplies, sometimes we'd use llamas or mules to pack our gear, all the while sleeping in thinly walled single tents, cooking over a fire or whisper light stove, using the same tools and techniques the original homesteaders had at their disposal in the late 1800s to construct and survive this unforgiving environment. One late fall, I was assigned to work near Lake Ozette at an old homestead off the trail, near the constructed boardwalk. For those unfamiliar with the area, Lake Ozette is eight miles long and three miles wide. It sits as the largest unaltered natural lake in Washington. Lake Ozette has a large and rich history of Native American culture. The Macaw Tribal Center in Nia Bay houses discoveries found in the area dating back 2,000 years, along with a local village that was well-preserved over 300 years ago by a mudslide that left most of the artifacts intact. Neo's at Loop Trail, which the homestead was directly adjacent to, is approximately 9.4 miles through and through. The man-made boardwalk takes you under giant cedar groves, meanders through huge patches of chest-high salal, before delivering you to Alstrom's Prairie, about two and a half miles from the trailhead. Alstrom's Prairie, a giant soggy meadow, was once farmed by two Swedish immigrants. They constructed a small cabin and some outbuildings on the 150-acre bog, with cattle, sheep, vegetable gardens, and the help of a little Swedish ingenuity they managed to etch out lives for themselves here over 50 years ago. Over time, the forest, as it always does, decided to take back what was once its own. The now decades-long abandoned farm was hardly recognizable. Our job was to beat back the encroaching forest, put new windows in the main cabin, pipe in a new stove, apply some fresh paint, and fix up portions of the semi-dilapidated barn. The ultimate goal being to allow guided tours to take place sometime in the future. For about three weeks, we stayed at the Ozet bunkhouse while working at Alstrom's. This was good duty for us. We weren't sleeping under the rain, our beds were warm, our hike was short, and the terrain not difficult. We even had TV. The bunkhouse was located near the highway and ranger station. We would hike the five-mile loop every day, bringing with us boards, tools, paint, and everything else that we needed on our backs. These were full ten-plus-hour days. Usually started our morning hike around 0700, and beginning our evening return hike back to the bunkhouses around 1700. At one point during the fall... There were four of us working this project, but at the time of this event, there were only two of us remaining. Most of the hard work had already been finished. We needed to hike a few last boards into the prairie to complete a portion of the woodshed 
before we could call the job done. I volunteered to be the pack mule for the day, my only job being to carry as many boards as I could muster in each trip to the prairie before returning to the ranger station for the next load. It was late in the season for hikers at this point. The weather had turned, and we'd be lucky to see two to three people a day doing the loop. After around my fourth or fifth trip, I was pretty wiped. It was getting late in the evening now, around 1600, and my co-workers had called it a day. I thought I could get one more trip in before it got too dark, my rationale being the more trips I did today, the less I would have to do tomorrow. We passed on the trail, I told him my intentions, and continued on. I delivered the last of the boards for the day, took a look around the prairie as the sun started to tuck behind the trees, and started my hour hike back to the ranger station. The lighting on the boardwalk was quite low at this point. The cedars were blocking most of the ambient light left by the setting sun, and making visibility quite diminished. I'm not a nervous hiker, and I fail to spook easily. Having solo hiked for weeks on end in the backcountry, I've been stalked by cougars, confronted by Kodiak bears in Alaska. I even ran into a few demented hillbillies over the years. As I left the prairie that evening, the hair on my neck stood on end. Goosebumps erupted from my forearms. An uneasy feeling swept over me. Suddenly, I wanted to walk faster, jog, and then sprint. I didn't, and said I convinced myself I'd been reading too many fantasy novels before bedtime. I walked another five minutes or so before I started to hear something faint. Something that sounded like music. Impossible, I told myself. I'm the only one out here and still at least two miles from civilization. That civilization in reality being likely the only other soul out there. My coworker. Sure enough, however, I heard music. More specifically, a piano. It started out so faint, I had to stop and actually try to hear it. The steps on the wooden boardwalk being too loud. Every time I paused to hear it, it became unmistakable and it got louder. I stood there, sun now fully hidden behind the horizon, in total silence other than this piano. I became aware that there were no longer the sounds of life. No birds, no insects, no wind, no rustling of leaves or underbrush. Absolutely nothing other than this piano sound. As if everything was being weighted down by a fog of emptiness of some sorts. I've encountered this dead time before in the woods. Certain places have it. But this was different, somehow. Unique to this place. Unique to this moment in time. I tried to focus on the keys, but I couldn't recognize the composition. Unsurprising, as I mostly listened to Metallica and Korn at the time. It was playing with a purpose. It was controlled, in tune thoughtful. It was a song, and somehow I felt that it was meant just for me in this moment. I started walking again. Almost on cue, the music once again got louder. As my pace increased, so did the tempo of the keys, but 
still in tune, never faltering. It reached a climax, the perfect combination of my haste, my dread, my heartbeat, and the tempo of this music. Then, as quickly as it came, the piano just stopped, whooshed away in the fraction of a moment. It didn't trail off, it didn't fade into extinction, it was just gone. Suddenly, everything that was absent was swept away as if by a gust of wind. The stillness was gone, the gloom, the stagnation, and weight of everything was lifted. My next step on the board was once again in reality. The evening was just as absent of light as before, but it felt like life, somehow, was once again injected back into the forest. The woods seemed normal again. I didn't hear that piano again that night, nor since. I told my coworker every detail when I reached the bunkhouse, and he showed no sign of disbelief. We didn't talk about it again until years later, when something similar happened to another Park Service employee. When I told my grandfather about what had happened, as he was a retired Park Service ranger who had worked nearby at Mora, the next station over, without the least bit of hesitation he asked, Did you hear the bagpipes along with it, or was it just the piano this time? It seems as if I've learned and experienced since then that there's a lot more to that place, a lot more to the Olympics in general, than anyone really knows or is willing to admit. I've tried telling this story to my friends and family, and I'm not sure if they really believe me or understand fully because I describe things better when I write than when I speak. I thought this was a good place to put my story, and maybe someone else can say that they've seen something similar because I'm not sure what this was, as I've never heard of anyone witnessing anything like it. So, I was up north in Shepherd, Michigan. I believe that's the name. It's a very small town, and this was about three summers ago. I was visiting my best friend. We were really bored because her mom grounded her from her car, and there's not really anything going on out there. So, we decided to walk downtown. I think it was about 8 or 9 p.m. as the sun was going down. The walk there was pretty long. We had to cross some dirt roads and follow a railroad track. By the time we got there, it was dark, and I already wanted to go home because I don't like being outside in the country in the dark. It's just creepy. But we sat at a park for a little bit on the swings. I noticed two sheriff police cars parked at the end of the tiny strip they called downtown, and parked at this old car shop. According to my friend, they were most likely looking for two guys who had been car hopping a few nights before. We decided to start heading back because we weren't even supposed to have left the house, and her mom was threatening to lock us out for the night. Plus, it was like 10pm at this point, and I wasn't looking forward to the long walk through the cornfields 
and the railroad tracks in the pitch black night. So, we're walking past the old car place, about to turn the corner, and I hear a loud helicopter. Apparently, to my friend, it's a police helicopter looking for those car hoppers. As a city girl, I highly doubted that, and kind of thought it was ridiculous. But I also grew even more paranoid, hoping that they wouldn't mistake us for the criminals. We're passing the sheriff car, and I'm trying to act so unsuspicious, even though we didn't do anything wrong, except walk the railroad tracks, I guess. Anyways, here's where things get crazy. And this is by far the most bizarre thing to have ever happened to me. We turn the corner, and behind this downtown strip is a large grassy field, and at the far end is a forest. At the edge where the field meets the forest was this giant rod-like thing just suspended in midair, and not much higher than the trees. It's kind of hard to describe, but it was like two rods on top of each other. The top one extended a little more to the right, and the bottom one to the left. At each end, there was a very vibrant green light. So, two on each end, one on top and one on bottom. Maybe it was just because of how dark it was, being in the country, but these lights didn't shine like normal to me. The color was very vibrant and warm, and it glowed more than it shined. And it was giant, like the size of a bus or two. At first, I didn't understand what I was looking at. We heard a helicopter, pretty loud actually, but I didn't see it anywhere. Just this thing hanging in the midair. My friend, not a UFO or alien believer, said it was some kind of police aircraft looking for the car hoppers. Which was very hard for me to believe at this point because if this was any kind of aircraft of horrors, it would be locked up in Area 51, not out looking for car hoppers of a tiny little town. It didn't look like a plane, it was a rod. It had no wings, no propellers. It made no sense how this giant, heavy-looking rod-like thing could just sit like that in the mid-air. It was at a weird slant, too. I already had my phone out as a flashlight, and I held my phone up to get a picture of it. That's when this thing went spiraling towards us. Yeah, it literally spun like a fan directly at us, and you could hear the wind cutting against it. I just froze, and my face was twisted in probably the most ugliest of ways. I was so stunned and not understanding what was happening. My friend pushed my hand down, so my phone was no longer pointing at the thing, and as quickly as it had started spinning toward us, it stopped. It repositioned itself, raised up a little, and started moving the opposite direction, to cross over downtown. And the helicopter that we heard had finally appeared, and was in front of this rod-like thing, as if guiding it away. It wasn't a regular-looking helicopter either, or maybe it was just my hysteria or shock that made it look distorted. But it looked much rounder, 
The windows were bigger and all the lights were on inside, but I couldn't see anyone in it. And this was all right above our freaking heads. Excuse my language, but you don't understand how unnerving this felt. My friend may have been in denial, but I knew that this thing was not from this world. And I could see the ship more clearly, and it had these intricate lines and designs on it, like wires. I don't remember it as clearly now, and it was very dark, but that stood out to me. And the feeling of seeing something, of having something above you that isn't from us, it's a crazy feeling. Your brain is used to having a name for everything you see, and once it can't recognize something as something from humans, it's just a very strange and overwhelming feeling. Possibly a feeling that itself can't be registered or named yet. But, yeah, we just slowly walked away and... I kept glancing back a few times, but I quickly stopped that and just tried to get home as quickly as we could. I always had wanted to get up close and personal with a UFO. Life elsewhere is just as fascinating to me. I always wanted to see what they really looked like, but after this... I'm terrified, and I will never chase down or even take a picture of a UFO if I ever see one that close again. Of course, I don't have the picture anymore either, because it got lost when my phone got water damaged that same summer. I've seen a lot, but that, hands down, is the scariest thing to ever happen to me. And I would love to know if anyone else has seen something like this before, I've heard of the triangles, bells, saucers, cigars, and stuff, but never of what I saw. If it was a, a secret military ship of some kind, and they wanted to test it in a discreet area, why would they choose to test it next to the only populated place in town? Either way, there was definitely something more going on here than some car hoppers. So, this happened back in 2010. I was 10 at the time, so... During this time, it was a snow blizzard. It hit our city out of nowhere, as our weather is known to be bipolar and we have fairly late winters. I lived with my cousin at the time. The snow blizzard went on for a while. Thick snow, freezing... This blizzard was so unexpected that no one was prepared for it. Power was going out. People were out buying the water supplies in stores. I remember seeing on the news that people were using barbecue grills inside their homes for warmth. This mainly occurred in less fortunate areas. Even though we lived in apartments, we were fortunate enough to have our power on and the other stuff that we needed. To sum up how this blizzard was affecting us, it was cold to the point that trees were falling. I lived on a giant pond, which was situated to where if you went out on the balcony, it would be on the water. Well, that was frozen. So, me, being the ten-year-old I am, well, who wouldn't want to go play out in the snow? So, me and my cousin, who was eighteen at the time 
played out in the snow in the daytime. We practically did that every day whenever we got bored. But one day, him and I went outside into the parking lot outside the apartment, basically in front of my home. The only difference was that this time, whenever we went to go play in the snow, it was 6pm and it had already been dark by this point because of daylight savings. We wait until it stops snowing, until we go out. So we're playing like normal, building snowmen and walls, everything normal you do in the snow, right? Then we decide to make a snow wall, so we needed lots of snow for that. Now, it's been snowing heavy, and where's the best place to get a lot of snow? Well, not for the cars that haven't moved, of course. We start building this wall, and I'm taking the snow off the trunks of cars, as there's a thick layer and it's the easiest spot to obtain a good chunk of snow. After a few back and forths of getting snow off the cars, and bringing it to the wall we're building... I notice I haven't touched my sister's boyfriend's car, which had a lot of snow on it. They hadn't left in a few days. I tell my cousin, hey, let's go get that snow. We were walking over to the car, and then we get to it. We arrive at the trunk, and as soon as I grab a big two-arm full of snow, I hear a very loud click. In confusion, I look around and then look down and around the car, My cousin and I are surrounded by a green light in the shape of a circle around us. Now, this is freaky enough in the moment. I decided to look up to see what the source of the light was. And what do you know? Nothing was above us. So, after noticing the light and nothing above us, I look at my cousin and start running home. I'm freaked out running, looking around everywhere as I run home, checking my surroundings. I see a tree fall in the distance. Yeah, it was cold, like I mentioned, and this was common during this little blizzard. But for this to happen at the moment, this weird phenomena adds more chills to the story for me. My cousin and I get inside, and inside was my sister and his sister cooking. We rush in, freaked out, and they're asking what's wrong with us. We explain the chain of events that went down, and what do you know? Just like anyone who hears these types of stories, they said we were stupid and crazy, and that we needed to stop playing. Okay, they don't believe us. We brush it off. Who would expect anyone to believe this story? Now, for the rest of that night, my cousin and I just kept peeking out the window very often, Our minds could not clear of this situation. We stayed up all night, shook, kept peeking out the window. We played Black Ops until 7am, still looking outside every five minutes or so. This was not something we were just going to forget, let alone make up. To this day, he still remembers this moment. A moment that should have been just pure normal fun turned into a creepy extraterrestrial sighting, which I believe. I'm 18 now, but the details are still clear to this day, and I've thought about it often ever since that moment. It's not something you just forget. My cousin and I talk about this here and there when we see each other, but 
Man, oh man. What a freaky incident. I don't necessarily expect you to believe me, but I've had this on my mind for way too long. It's just something too unreal to keep to myself. I've come here to share my experience. I'm looking for thoughts on this. What are your thoughts? What could it have been? Why did it target us? But then also, why didn't it do anything to us? To this day, I have one too many unanswered questions, and they never will be answered. And I guess I'm just going to have to live with that. A few years ago, I went camping for the first time in my life. I was about 11 or 12 when we headed out to the forest nearby our house. We were in Poland for the holidays, as every year, and right next to our house was a huge forest. So, one day, we decided to take out my mom's old tent that she still had from the 90s, and just stay for the night or two in between some wildlife. Good thing, the place we chose to sleep at was only about 20, maybe 30 minutes away from the house. Bad thing, there are a lot, and I mean a lot, of wolves, foxes, and boars out in that forest. And honestly, I kind of regretted going there in the first place. We set everything up at around 6 p.m., and my sister and I set up the campfire. My dad chopped down a smaller tree earlier with his oak axe, and that's important for a later part of the story, and by now it had dried out enough to catch fire. We sat around it for quite some time, probably around four hours, until it was dark so we decided to just head to sleep then. My two sisters and I on one end of the tent, and my parents on the other. It was probably just the fear of getting eaten alive by some wolves, or maybe homesickness, but I couldn't sleep at all. I heard my dad tell my mom he was going to go out into the forest to get some wood for the morning, while it was still fairly dry, or it would have all soaked up the dew by then. The thought of not having my dad around made it even worse for me to close my eyes for a second. I'm not too good at telling what time it is by just staring at the sky, or trying to figure out how long it's been, so I'll just say it was around 12 or 1 in the morning. I was actually falling asleep when I heard some rattling outside the tent. My first thought? Wolf. I was terrified and so I just popped out my head through the little curtain that separated the two halves of the tent, basically a thin piece of fabric just hanging on some threads, to see if my dad was back. He was still gone, and it had been about an hour since he went. I laid back down and just tried to fall asleep, but when I turned myself on my side and saw this faint human shadow outside of the tent... I froze and let out a tiny squeak. The person seemed to be holding some sort of axe-shovel thing in hand, and so I thought it might have just been my dad coming back. The shadow walked toward the entrance of the tent and just stood there at the zipped-up door for maybe 30 seconds, 
I began to wonder why he wasn't just coming inside. The person finally ran off into the forest, but they dropped the axe. You could hear the footsteps fade in the distance, and a thump just happened along the way. Maybe a minute or so later, I hear my dad walking back from the opposite side of the forest and enter the tent all tired, and just fell asleep. It seemed kind of sketchy and fishy and scary to me, but it was so late that I couldn't even think anymore and I somehow fell asleep. The next morning, I woke up after my dad dropped his phone on his face, letting out an ouch. I peeped through the curtain at him, and he just smiled back while rubbing his nose. I needed some fresh air, because I was feeling a bit sick. Maybe from the nerves in the morning, or homesickness, but I really couldn't tell. Both of us got out of the tent and walked around for a while. We circled around the campsite for around ten minutes, until we came back to our tent. That's when I noticed something that ran the chills down my back. A few meters from the tent, in the corner of my eye, I managed to catch a glimpse of something red. It took me a hot second to realize that I actually saw something, and when I turned my head to see what it was, it was a red and black rubber axe. It was not there before. I knew it wasn't my dad's, because his was by the pile of wood that he collected at night. From my dad's reaction, I probably turned pale because he started to freak out a little, like I was about to pass out or something. He turned his gaze to where I was looking, and we both just stared for a few seconds before he called out for the rest of the family to wake up and get moving. We were all packed up within an hour, and we rushed back home. I later told my dad what I saw that night, and he wouldn't believe me at first. I carried on with the story until he finally realized that I was telling the truth. To this day, I still have no clue who the hell that was, but I'm just happy he didn't investigate our tent any further, or any other animal in that forest. So, to the axe man who was outside my tent in the middle of the night, let's not meet. I've been debating on posting this, not because I've been scared, but simply because this is my first post since joining Reddit. I'll start off by explaining the area so you can get a good picture of where this occurred. We live in a small neighborhood. All of the surrounding streets dead-end into a half-circle park. Behind the park, there are some woods and a railroad track. When we were younger, we all played in the front part of the woods. We never ventured too far back. This was our play area for years. We never had an issue or scare. This area was a pretty and well-lit wooded area. Anyhow, one day, my brother Jimmy, my best friend Sarah, and my brother's best friend Ian we're all building a dam in the middle of a small creek that ran through the park in the woods. The boys decided that they were going to head back to Ian's house for some snacks. 
Sarah and I said we would stay and finish our camp area. As we're moving rocks around, I get a very odd feeling come over me. A strange feeling that we're being watched. I immediately think it's the boys trying to scare us and just continue with what we're doing. Sarah and I load up some big rocks and head back to the creek and put them down at the dam. I get that feeling again and as I stand up, I see something straight in front of me about 30 feet away. I can't clearly make out what it is yet because it's behind a bush, but I do see that it has a pattern of red and blue. I know that's nothing the boys had on, so at this point, I'm just trying to focus and figure out what it is. As I'm scanning up the bush, I start to realize it's a clown. I kid you not, my heart started pounding immediately. The clown in my eyes lock. He's wearing a blue and red hat with a reverse pattern red and blue jumpsuit. I grab Sarah's shirt and immediately pull her upright, and she notices the man right away. He's smiling with a full face of makeup, and he has a huge knife. We both say nothing and start running as fast as her legs can take us. He begins to follow. We can hear twigs snapping and ground crunching, but we're booking it. We run through the front of the woods through the side of the park and up her dead-end street. Ian and Jimmy are two houses up from the end and see us running and are screaming what is going on. While running past, we scream, there's a clown, and they start laughing. We're still running, screaming for our lives, and finally make it to the middle of the street where Sarah's dad, Danny, is now running out the front door because he hears us screaming. We meet Danny right at the beginning of the neighbor's house, and we're trying to explain what we saw, and he says, Girls, stop it now. This is ridiculous. What are you even talking about? We try to catch our breath. By this time, Jimmy and Ian have caught up to us. We're crying and pointing and telling Danny again that we saw a clown with a knife. Jimmy and Ian are laughing and Danny is asking if they played a prank on us. About this time, an old yellow Pinto-type car comes up from the dead end at the park and pulls right up next to the sidewalk of the yard we are in. Sure enough, plain as day, it is the freaking clown. No hat this time, but knife in hand and he's telling us to come here. Danny starts shoving us all towards the house, and he himself is scared and running now. The car drives off down the street, we get inside, and Danny calls the police. We had to give statements, and the police patrolled the neighborhood and the park for a few weeks. We were never allowed to go in the park again, and a few months after that, the city started to clear out the woods. They cut down many of the trees and made a walking area that you could see through all the way to the train tracks. My friend and I used to talk about this many times up until her death. No one would believe us had they not seen it as well. It was just so scary. I think they only got to see him because, whoever it was, had to go down the dead-end street to leave the neighborhood. 
Either way, this man was not afraid of us, nor the small group of people that had gathered from our screaming. He very bravely stopped right in front of us, as her father tried to comfort us and calm us down, all while flashing his knife. We are lucky to be alive, I feel. Had it just been one of us left in the woods, which sometimes occurred, I don't think there would have been a group of four of us any longer. Sarah's dad actually stopped drinking that day, and we all now have a fear of clowns. Something is wrong, and I'm not really sure where else to post this. I'm staying with some family in a very rural area. The closest stores are super far away, like hours. We got here late Friday night, and we're leaving late Monday. Today, my cousin and brother happened to see a drone that was following them on the land, we have about 200-plus acres over here. Everyone was a bit confused and didn't really like it because it was creepy and an invasion of privacy on our private property, but we disregarded it, figuring someone on their land nearby was just bored or something. It's now 2.25 a.m. on Monday, and my parents were outside together relaxing near the house on this swing chair thing, listening to the nighttime sounds. I was inside with my grandparents, in bed with my cousins and two siblings, when I got a sudden phone call at 2am. I was very confused, and I didn't think anyone would be calling me right then. I grabbed my phone, realizing it was my mom, so I immediately answered, making sure things were okay, since there's plenty of weird insects venomous things, snakes, coyotes and wolves, etc. And my mom does get scared easily. She says in a concerned voice to me, me and dad just saw something flash over our heads really low down on us, and we don't know what's happening. So I told my cousin, and my brother and sister, and everyone seemed pretty freaked out because that's very unusual. We all run out to the trees by our house, and we get to my parents who are staring up at the sky, and a bit far away, and panicking. As everyone was outside staring around at the sky, we managed to point out multiple drones or something strange in the sky. They were flashing, getting further away and closer. We saw one, and then another... But then, we saw up to five and some more disappearing. We thought for a minute, oh, maybe they're stars. But then why would my parents have something on them shining? And they also said they heard whirring sounds. We drove a... donkey. I don't really know what it's called. It's a small vehicle like a golf cart, but it's not. Anyways, we drove it into the field that was closest nearby and we shined a spotlight on it where it was right above the tree. It started coming toward us, and then I saw something weird by it. It suddenly went fast towards it and then stopped and fell into the woods. At that point, we started driving away and went back home, 
but then my dad drove over there with my cousin and siblings and mom, and then my grandma came out onto the porch of the house and was waiting for them to come back while they looked for the drones in the sky themselves. I went inside because I was getting bugs on me, and I disliked that a lot. I started hearing weird noises from outside the house, and then I heard a yell. The dog started howling and barking a lot, and then I heard my mom tell my grandma that I just heard my sister scream, and that something's up with the cows that my grandparents own. Anyways, after a bit of that, the fam all came back, and they're still outside, but my sister came in to explain what was up with tears in her eyes and fear on her face. She said they went out there and everything was absolutely fine, but then the cows started acting weird, and then she heard it. A loud woman scream, and the UFO was getting closer, flashing green and red so they drove back to us fast. Everyone was so confused and freaked the hell out. What is happening here? Why are these things watching us and why are there so many? What are they and just why? And wouldn't that be illegal? Is it something bad? Anyways, I would appreciate your opinions because I'm freaked out. This happened on the 9th of July of 2011 in Slovakia. I'm Czech, and I do have relatives there, in a village near the Low Tatras. The observation started around 10pm. I was outside the house alone, although we had a family gathering that day, but those who didn't drive away already went to the village pub. The sky was without any clouds that night, and I saw the moon. The garden of the house was so huge that the part of it is also serving as a small field. I was standing at the corner of the garden near the road, enjoying the fresh night air, and I had a good view of the sky behind the house. Suddenly, I noticed a small, red, regularly flashing light coming up from that direction. At first I thought it was some kind of airplane, but as the lights were getting closer quite slowly, I realized I could see the shape of the object. It was a triangle. When the triangle got even closer, I saw that there was another light on the bottom side, and I also noticed that it was flying very low, not too high above the rooftops, and it was quite large, Despite the low altitude and abnormal size, I heard silence. The movement of the object was still very slow. I was curious, and I waited until the triangle reached the sky above the house and the garden. Then, I finally saw it. It was so large that it hid the sky view for me. I had a perfect view of the bottom side. There were three big blue round lights at the angles of the triangle. Each blue light was surrounded by a circle of small white lights. The blue lights were also connected by three lines of medium-sized lights, smaller than blue but bigger than the white, which were changing color from white to red 
and back. The lights illuminated the triangle well enough for me to notice that it was black, metallic-like material with blue-green reflections. My curiosity turned to fear when the triangle stopped flying further and remained hovering above the garden, but lower than before. I went closer to the house to hide under the roof because I thought maybe it wanted to land in the garden. It went down again, that time even more than during the stopping, and at that moment I knew the triangle was too large to land in said garden. I was kind of relieved. The triangle stayed hovering for about ten minutes. I also had a weird feeling like if something was telling me to go right under the triangle. But I didn't do it. It could have just been a feeling. Then, the triangle started moving away, and slowly flew away. A quick note, I couldn't take any pictures or record it, because my mom had taken my camera to take pictures at the family gathering, and had completely discharged both of my camera's batteries. The gathering started before noon, and she had been taking pictures the whole time. And note two, the day after the sighting, I and my parents were returning from mushroom picking, and we saw a lot of people on two fields before the village. My dad stopped the car because he wanted to know what had happened. I got out of the car too, and I noticed two stripes of burned earth randomly placed over two fields. One was a potato field, and the other was a grain field. There were also fruit trees broken in half on the edges of the two fields. I can't prove that it was connected to my observation, but it is interesting. Around 12 years ago, when I was 8 years old, my family and I were driving through Mayo in Ireland on our way home from the airport. It was pretty late, around 9 or 10 p.m., and we were driving in the middle of nowhere. It was a very rural part, surrounded by multiple fields. There was a single car ahead of us, but nothing else for miles. I don't know how or when we decided to stop the car to get out and look, but we had. We pulled up to the side of the road, as did the car in front of us to gaze at this weird thing in the sky. Now, this is going to sound ridiculous, but it looked like a giant orange triangle, like a chilly heatwave Dorito. It was pretty big, and hung in the sky above the tree line. It was perfectly still, and for ages we just stared trying to figure out what it was. After about five or ten minutes, the triangle turned black and had white tiny dots across it, as if it was trying to blend itself into the night sky, knowing that we could see it. We could still see the outline, however, as it appeared like there was a light coming from the back of it, illuminating the sides. Like if you were to shine a flashlight behind an object, making the sides stand out. The triangle then began to tumble as if it were rolling down the stairs, and eventually fell beyond the horizon and out of sight. 
my entire family to this day can testify to the details of this event. We never spoke to the people in front of us, but I would say it would have made for an interesting conversation. This happened this past Friday night. It was just after midnight, and no drugs unless you count an energy drink. I'm often up late due to my work schedule, so I wasn't remotely tired. I had just got off work and packed a suitcase for a long weekend to visit some friends about an hour and a half north of me. This is in the Austin area. I left my house and was in my car, which has a moonroof that I had open. A couple of blocks from my house, I noticed a flying object over me at about a height for a plane, but it had way more lights. Some green, some white. They were blinking super fast. I've never seen a plane or helicopter blink at that speed, and it was too large to be a drone. I thought it was a weird plane as it started to fly away over the trees, but I turned a few streets and there it was again. It followed me on and off for 10 minutes up I-35, and it kept returning to hover over my car about 100 to 150 feet up. There wasn't much traffic due to the late hours, so it seemed to be over me specifically. It took off at an alarmingly high speed to the east and did not return. There were no sounds. I haven't told anyone I know in real life about this, because I'm pretty sure they'll think I'm nuts. Has anyone else seen this thing around there? This happened five years ago. I was hanging out with three of my friends at this place up on a hill, overlooking the ocean. It was a few minutes before sunset, and the sky looked so beautiful. When, out of nowhere, I noticed a small ball of light floating over the ocean far away below. It was floating closer to the surface, just moving in a straight line. At first... We thought it was probably a small fishing boat because it was too far to see it clearly. We couldn't really tell how fast it was either. And then, suddenly, it started to move upwards. And it didn't stop. It just kept going up and up until the sky grew darker, and it became too small for us to see. Up to today, we still can't figure out what it really was. We didn't initially think it was extraterrestrial in nature, because it had never occurred to us that something like that would ever happen where we lived. But, as years passed, and we still had not figured out what it was, I started to wonder if it actually had been an extraterrestrial object, and we had been too stunned and confused to take our phones out and record it. Okay, so, as the title says, 
I don't know if this was a UFO or not, because I was inside when it happened. It was after one of my parents' parties. A whole lot of people were sleeping, except me and my dog. I was trying to go to sleep in my room, but I couldn't. I closed my eyes, thinking I would fall asleep if I did. The next thing I know, my dog is freaking out and wants to get out of the room as soon as possible. I hear this humming-slash-buzzing surrounding the room, along with these vertical lines of light moving, coming from the window in front of me. So, me and my dog leave the room quickly, and my home speakers were playing music with the volume getting louder. My parents and their friends just woke up, and acted like nothing happened at all. I still don't know why this happened. I checked the phones afterward, and Spotify wasn't even open. It's been like one and a half, or maybe two years since then, but I still remember it so well. Nothing like this has ever happened since. I just wanted to share the story, even though it wasn't that crazy. I was about eight, and at the time, I was living at my grandma's house in the suburbs of Chicago. Every now and then, my cousin would come over to visit. This one night, he was sleeping over. We stayed up late and talking. It was about 3 a.m. when something extremely bright suddenly covered the whole entire window to the right of us. We both went into pure silence and quickly threw ourselves under the blanket and hugged each other for what felt like ages. The light was still bright even under the covers. We made a plan that we would run on the count of ten to my grandparents' room. After this part, it seems to be a blur to me, but I remember ending up downstairs, and my mom rushed downstairs and just ended up getting mad at us because we were up so late and we had woke them up. We tried to tell them, but they wouldn't listen. The story isn't that big of a deal, but it's still out of the norm, and I'm still personally curious as to what happened that night. I was looking for stars and meteors in the middle of the night. At 3am, I wanted to go home, but before, I wanted to take a last look. I went to a dark, really dark driveway to take that one last look. Then, I saw it, moving from east to west, a view like looking through a magnifying glass. I could see the stars through it, but they were a bit stretched, and outside the middle, the stars were moving around the center. It looked a little like those pictures of a gravitational lens. It was moving at a slow speed in a straight line, and I could see the effect from where I was, straight above me, for about 20 to 30 seconds up to the horizon. It had a size of 15 to 20 meters. I can't calculate its height, so it could have been bigger. It was a warm summer night with an absolutely clear view, 
and I still don't know what it was. So, this happened roughly six years ago, in Pennsylvania, but I remember it like it was yesterday. I was working for Burger King at the time and just got off my night shift at roughly midnight. As I was driving home, I saw a light that was about 50 feet off the ground. It had an orangish glow like a street light. I could see it very clearly. The night sky was clear and had no fog at all. I thought it was just a new streetlight that got put up. I just kept staring at it. Out of nowhere, it shot straight up into the air and just vanished. It gave me chills and made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. And ever since that day, I always look at the sky on my drives home from my job that I have now. Could it have been extraterrestrial? That was today's episode of the As the Raven Dreams podcast. Thank you so very much for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed these scary stories. If you want to support the channel further, please do consider checking out my YouTube channel. Just search As the Raven Dreams on YouTube and subscribing. You can also join the channel or go to my Patreon for early access to all of my content. All of it's appreciated and never expected. But if it happens, thank you. All that said, friends, I will see you on the next episode of the As the Raven Dreams podcast. But of course, until then, sleep well. <laughs>